thousand generations falling down in worship to sing the song of ages to the Lamb. And all who've gone before us and all who will believe will sing the song of ages to the Lamb. Your name is the highest, your name is the greatest, your name stands above them all. All thrones and dominions, all powers and positions, your name stands above them all. And the angels cry. Your name always stands above them all. 
Thank you, worship team. Church of the Warm Heart, good morning. You got your singing voice ready today? All right, let's, how low can you sing? So what's your lowest note? I want to hear it. What's your highest note? Try your highest note. I think we're ready to sing and worship. Let's stand and, and uh, see what they got on tap for us today.
upon those who are gathered here for those joining online that as we seek that goodness of God we know that the world has cancer and God you are still good we know that the world still has war strife, international tensions and and even battles within our own families and yet you are still good so for all the trials and the tribulations that we walk through for all the stresses and and the worries that we face we look to you This is the day that you have made. Help us to be glad and help us to rejoice in it. And just park our trials and our troubles just for 
for an hour so that we can just bask in your goodness and know that that you have better plans for us, that you see the best in every one of us, that even the days where we don't even love ourselves, that you still love us, and that we can find hope and joy in the fact that someone cares, someone loves, and someone still walks with us. This morning, we, we gather together as the family of God prayer that your son taught us to pray by sharing in these words that someday we might live by them. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, a seat, and I'm, I'm, I'm looking for some honorary children today. Are there any honorary kids? I, I know we got a couple watching online today. Last couple weeks, we've had a lot of kids at the first service. We had uh, 13 last week. We had 11 today. Uh, but thank you for playing along today, and thank you for up there. Awesome. Appreciate it. You guys ever have sleepovers at other people's houses? What age did that start for you guys? Is it like third, fourth grade, somewhere in there, maybe fifth? No, not yet. Honestly, I had like my first sleepover in a decade yesterday. A decade yesterday. <laughs> you you know that very specifically. Yes. You were six. Awesome. When I was like third grade, uh, like my buddy and I would say, "Let's let's can I stay over at your house? Or you stay over at my house?" And so we'd call each other on, like, hi, hi, uh, can you stay the night? And, well, I have to ask my mom, and their mom would always say something like, if it's okay with their mom. And so we just lied and said, yes, it's okay for both of us. And, uh, I, this is before I knew lying was wrong. And, uh, but it was fine. They wanted to see each other. Uh, but I'd go to Ryan's house. Ryan had a pool table. We didn't have a pool table. And then, uh, like a month later, I went over to Eric's house, and Eric had a trampoline. 
Like, oh, I got I to gotta get me one of these. Didn't have a trampoline. What's wrong with my parents, right? And then I went over to, 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 to Steve's house, and Steve got, the, got an Atari. Do you know what an Atari is? Like Nintendo before Nintendo, right? And we didn't have a... What did we have at our house? Uh, but I was like, oh, all our friends had all this, all this cool stuff. And they'd get to our house. I, I had a sleepover at my house, and I remember one of them saying, oh, you have, you have a creek, and you have a railroad track, and you have 10 acres to, to play around on. And uh, they were jealous of what I had. And I was jealous of what they had. Isn't that how, how it is? Yeah. Let's, uh, let's go on a walking tour. Let's, let's go for a quick walk. I'm going to walk around the sanctuary. You go with me. And you take a look and see if you want anything that they have out here, okay? This was interesting at the first service. So, okay. so just let's go this way. I got to get me a grand piano someday. I got to get me a room that can hold a grand piano someday. Good looking purse. I don't carry purses, but that's a nice looking one. If you want anything, just point it out and see if they'll give. You, you bring your own offertory plates to church. You are church nerds. I love it. It's a good-looking shirt. I don't know if I could pull off a shirt like that, but he can. Fancy-schmancy water bottle. A material girl water bottle. I'm just a Barbie guy in a Barbie world. Uh, what else is out here? Good-looking shoes. Yeah, anyone got the new iPhone? A new iPhone. What number are they on? They're on 15? Man, my phone's so old, the Amish could use it. Yeah. Look at that. Good looking pan. How many keys do you have? What kind of car do you drive? A Ford? You could have it. All right. I won't, I won't cover the Ford. I grew up in a Chevy family, so. Yeah. Did you see anything out there that you liked? You got a lot of stuff already. I have too much stuff. Yeah. Well, the Lord tells us not to covet. He doesn't say not to want. He just says don't covet. What other people have, they have. And what you have, you have. So there a, lot of, a lot of happiness in life just comes with being content with what you have and who you are. Be happy with who you are. Because if God could love you, you could love you. That's a lesson I needed to hear when I was your age. If God could love me like this, certainly I could love me like this. It's a pretty good lesson. God above, we ask your blessings upon these, <laughs> these, these grown ones here today. <laughs> that as they continue to grow in love and godliness in your sight, may they continue to, to know about your love, about your mercy and your grace. And may they spread it to wherever, whatever schools they go to, wherever they work. Let them know they don't go alone. And the family of God said... Amen. Thanks for coming down. And as we come to a time of, of, of gift giving and offering, uh, we appreciate the gifts that come this way uh, to support the ministries of this church. Uh, just to highlight uh, something that goes on here in the fall, uh, we, have, we have a numerous committees that help make ministry happen. Uh, we have a lot of program type things going on, but we have some administrative committees that help undergird all of that. Uh, we have trustees, which make the, the, the building and property happen. Uh, we have finance, which, as you can imagine, help the income and the outgo. Uh, that's finance. We have a, a committee called staff, parish, 
what do we call it here? Staff Pastor Parish Relations Committee. What's that, I hear you ask? That's the personnel committee of this church. Uh, they help in the hiring and the firing and all the staff things and volunteer. Uh, so we have them. Uh, they really help when we hire uh, folk here. Uh, or if there's a pastor change, they get a lot of say in that as well. Uh, and we have a nominations committee. Their job is to put committee people on committees. Uh, that's the committee that helps staff the committees. Uh, and we also have an ch- administrative council, the church council, that kind of oversees the life of the church. Uh, these committees meet once, once a month. Uh, finance meets on Zoom. The others meet in person. Uh, it's a three-year rotation, so it's possible to graduate off these committees. It's not a life sentence. Uh, <laughs> We do ask people if they do want to stay on, and uh, graciously some people do. Uh, but we're also looking to fund, uh, to fund, to uh, to fill other committees going on. So if you have a heart for building and, and, and property, we would love to have you be nominated for trustees or money or oversight or any of these as well. Uh, if you want to be nominated, let me know. If you want to nominate the person next to you, take a look at them and, and see which one would they be good on. Uh-huh. Let us know, because sometimes in, the, in, in years past, you know, we would just pick all the people that we knew, or we would ask the people that we think they're good at that. And sometimes we'd miss people who would be awesome at a team or a committee, but we just, or I didn't give, give, give them any thought. So uh, we, we want to correct that. If you want to be considered for a team, just let me know in the next few weeks. We appreciate that. Let's receive the offertory. While we do that, let's take a look at a video of Church King. Thank you to those who uh, went to family camp. If you want to think about it for next year, it's a lot of fun. I'm, I didn't go this year. I, I, Pastor Pete did the uh, uh, communion, 
And uh, my understanding is a chipmunk kept stealing the bread. Uh, so you never know what you're going to find at, at family camp. Who's been to Pilgrim Cove before? I have not. You'll have to tell me how to get there. I got a wedding there this Saturday. <laughs> People from California who do not know that it gets cold in McCall in, in October. <laughs> the first scripture reading is from Exodus chapter 20. You shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male or female servant, his ox or donkey, or anything that belongs to your neighbor. The second scripture is from Matthew chapter 5. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And the third scripture is from Luke chapter 18. A certain ruler asked him, Good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Why do you call me good? Jesus answered. No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. You shall not commit adultery. You shall not murder. You shall not steal. You shall not give false testimony. Honor your father and mother. All these I have kept since I was a boy, he said. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, You still lack one thing. Sell everything you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. Then come, follow me. When he heard this, he became very sad because he was very wealthy. Jesus looked at him and said, How hard it is for the rich to enter the kingdom of God. Indeed, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for someone who is rich to enter the kingdom of God. May God add his blessing to the reading of this word. Well, my name is Michael Beneshek. I'm one of your warm heart pastors. It's a joy to have you here this morning. We are finishing up uh, a Ten Commandments series. So this is the 10th of 10 uh, before we start something new next week. For the last 10 weeks, you've heard stories and sermons on this law of Moses. From idolatry to stealing to keeping Sabbath to adultery, we have explored why God would want to keep our behaviors and our actions in check. Of course, we follow these commands because he loves us. He wants the best for us. Our lives are easier. It's taken me 50 years to figure out my life is easier if I don't lie, if I don't cheat, if I don't steal, if I don't cheat on my spouse. Life is just easier a little bit, right? Uh, We might think the Ten Commandments put a limit on our freedoms, but honestly, they make us more free. Freedom from guilt, freedom of the natural consequence of broken laws. If I use my freedom to lie, I lose the freedom of being trustworthy. If I use the freedom of adultery, I lose the freedom of having a loving and caring relationship. These commands are here, not because we have a demanding God, but because God wants the best for us. I was in uh, Jiffy Lube, of all places. I was in Jiffy Lube a while back. And uh, they got the little TV there, and uh, an article, uh, a, a news story came on. Uh, they, they were running the news, and they ran a story about a lawsuit somewhere where the people were going to take the Ten Commandments off public property, like off the state house lawn. And the people, uh, they were interviewing people, and, and I remember one person saying that, you can't take these off. This is the backbone of, of our American judicial system. And the manager who was on duty at Jiffy Lube, who were right there at the counter together, 
Uh, he knew I was a pastor. And he said, I know where you stand on this one. And so I thought I'd just have some fun. And I said, yeah, yeah, get it off. Get him out of there. Don't want to see him. And he was like, what are you talking about? Uh, I, thought, I thought you were a pastor. I said, hold on. If these are the basis of our American laws, let me ask you this. Of all the Ten Commandments, which ones would I go to jail for if I broke? Which ones would I go to jail for? Stealing? Murder? Maybe lying, depending on where I do it, right? If I do it in front of the jury or the judge, that could be a problem, so I'll just have to wait for my presidential pardon on that one. But uh, only two. Only two. Uh, it can't be the basis of our laws if, if, if only uh, 20% are actual, are actual laws. But this 10th commandment, it's different. Do you ever have those, uh, ever have a job where you had all the, the job duties that you had, and the last one was something like, and other duties as assigned? You ever have that one? God put this in, this is what this command is, <laughs> and other laws as assigned. In other words, coveting. Coveting, it's different. The others had a, had a specific action, a behavior that the body does. Coveting is in the heart. Okay? Sometimes we read the word covet and we want to substitute the word want in there. We're not supposed to want anything. Every day, billions of dollars get spent on advertising in the mail, in the mail alone. And uh, we're not supposed to want anything. Do you ever go to the mailbox? This is what I do at, this is what I do at my house. I go to the mailbox. because uh, right, So we're in Financial Peace University. We're taking that class, right? Uh, my wife and I, we don't do credit cards. We don't do any. Our names are not on any list whatsoever. So our mail, we only get like two things of mail a day. Yeah, thank God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Uh, but I go to mail, and what's in there? I go to the mail. I get it. I walk over here. I dump it in the trash. My job is to take the mail and dump it in the trash. Because there's nothing. That, you know, who sends letters nowadays, right? Yeah, everything's direct deposit. And da, da, da. So I just, that's all I do. That's all I do, that's all I do. But I do look at it, the stuff on my way to the trash. I'm like, oh, that looks nice. That looks, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta get me one of those. I might use that phrase, I gotta get me one of those. Let me try it like this. Uh, we see thousands of advertisements a day, and we're not supposed to want anything. I walk to Costco, I go to Costco, and what have they got in front of Costco? When you first walk in, Card. Well, not, not the parking lot. <laughs> but you walk in, you got the big screen TVs, right? I gotta, I gotta get me one of these. I walk into Lowe's or Home Depot or some other place like that. And, Depot. And I walk in and oh, my wife's, we don't even need anything. I know. I just like the smell of lumber. And chainsaws. And what's down this aisle? Vanities. Vanity of vanity. That's where I want to spend my time. Like Home Depot. Right? And I just think, I got to get me one of these. I have been known to go to the Mazda dealership and try out a Mazda 6 or a Mazda 3 or Mazda Miata. It's for the children. <laughs> 
<laughs> and they know my name. They're like, you want to try? You, you haven't bought anything in years, but you, yeah, I'm, I'm thinking about the next vehicle, right? The next, in 20 years from now. But the next vehicle, uh, I got to get me one of these. I walk through the sporting goods store. Not even look, oh, look at that. The big Bertha number one driver. The reason I can't drive the ball down the middle of the lane is because I don't have a big Bertha. That's the problem. I don't have a big Bertha. Our house, it sits, uh, we have a, it's a nice house, but it's a uh, small lawn. Smallest lawn I've ever had. Posted stamp lawn, right? And uh, uh, it takes me 15 minutes to push mow with a little electric motor with a little battery, a little AAA battery. Doesn't take me long at all. I look down, down the two doors down. There's a guy on a riding lawnmower on a postage stamp lawn. Takes him two and a half minutes. And I think this is overkill. I got to get me one of those. <laughs> right? We went to the state fair. State fair, we look at the animals, we look at the, 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 the rides, and that's where the family rule comes in. Hop on a ride, don't die, and away we go. And, uh, but we look at tractors. We don't, even, we don't even have a freaking farm. I gotta get me one of those. Or I gotta get land so I can have a tractor someday. These are my own personal coveting things. Do me a favor. So if you are sitting next to someone, can you, can you turn to them and say, I got to get me, and you fill in the blank. What is it that you have to get? Take about 20 seconds. Yeah, the, I, it's sad when the, when the kids will graduate someday and they can't help unload the car. But half that stuff is for them, so you know, it makes sense. Makes sense. Tenth commandment. You shall not covet your neighbor's house, your neighbor's wife, manservant, maidservant, ox, donkey. These are slaves in Egypt, out, of, out of Egypt. I don't know where they're getting these things from. But the Lord puts it in their heart. Don't covet. Covet is not about wanting. Covet is a sinister want. Ooh, sounds spooky, doesn't it? A sinister want. It's a want when jealousy and envy come into play. Jealousy, you know what jealousy is? You know what the, hold on. Do you know what the difference between jealousy and envy are? Jealousy is, I want what they have. Envy is, I want what they have. Matter of fact, if I can't have it, I don't want them to have it. Have you ever had that? Well, if I can't have it, no one's going to have it. I'm just going to take my ball and go home. Where you wish that if I can't have what they have, I don't want them to have it either. That's envy. It's okay to want things. If I'm swimming, I want to float. <laughs> I want a home to live in. I want, I want a job. I want food on the table. I want a car. I want my kids to have an education. I want them to have a better life than I had. Wants are fine. 
Beatitudes, it tells us we're supposed to want righteousness. Paul tells us in Philippians, something like this. Finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, noble, right, pure, lovely, admirable, want such things. Go after those things. Jealousy and envy. Jealousy and envy. If only I had their home. If only I had their car. You've heard the phrase green with envy? The, the ancient Greeks used to think that envy would cause a, uh, the liver to, to mess up. And that produces the bile. And if you don't have a good liver, you turn green. And so they, green, with, green with envy. Shakespeare picked up on that. Uh, called it the green monster. Oh, beware, my lord, of jealousy. It is the green-eyed monster which doth mock the meat it feeds on. It makes us do stupid things is what it does. Got a good friend. Uh, when they were young and riding in their car, um, they hated summer. They did not have air conditioning in their car. And their parents told them, roll up the windows. We don't want our neighbors to know that we can't afford air conditioning in our car. Oh, yeah, 105 degrees, and they're dying in the back. Gallup did a poll a while back. What would you do for 10 million? What would you do for 10 million? The results were kind of scary. A certain percentage, about a quarter of folk, would abandon their families. Some would abandon their church. Not you, I know, but some. 23% would become prostitutes for a week. 16% would give up their American citizenship. You, you, could, you could go overseas for $10 million and live a pretty good life. 16% would leave their spouses. 3% would put their children up for adoption. Depends on the kid, right? $10 million is a lot of money. <laughs> but I believe that God put this in here. Not only as a caveat at the end for like all other sins combined, because coveting is like a gateway sin. Before I lie, I covet. Before I steal, I covet. Before I kill, I covet. Before I commit adultery, I covet. Coveting is the gateway. So the Lord says, check your heart. You probably remember the story of the rich young ruler from the Gospel of Luke. He followed all the laws. And Jesus told him, sell everything and come follow me. Sometimes we read that story and we think, am I supposed to do that? Well, if everyone did it, I don't know how the world would work. But this was the sin that this young ruler had. It was the thing that kept him away from finding eternal life. And it might not be yours. A lot of times in Scripture, Jesus gives a, or Paul, even Paul or the, the epistles, they give a prescription for a specific church or a specific person, and we, we kind of take that to mean everybody. Um, I don't know what it is for you, but for this person, it was, I, this is the one thing I can't let go. This is the one thing that I can't, I can't release. And if you want a ticket to heaven in this hand, it, 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 you can't have it full of stuff. Uh, the, the whole uh, camel going through the eye of a needle thing. Uh, I've heard different sermons on that over the years, uh, trying to explain it away. 
Uh, I remember one sermon where, where, where the pastor said, the, the eye of the needle is like the, the opening of, uh, of the town, town wall, or into a home even. And for a camel to come in, it has to unladen everything before it can come in, just like we have to unladen everything. I'm trying to explain that. I've never seen that anywhere else. Uh, I really think Jesus was trying to get everyone's attention. Like, if you got your hands, if you got your hands on the world, you can't find heaven. Now, I want to be rich someday, I'll be honest. I just don't want to be a jerk about it. Solomon was rich. Abraham was rich. And they used their riches to bless others. I don't know if it's in the cards for me or not. I just need to be content with what I have. and You need to be content with what you have and work, work on as well. But I remember the story. That, uh, how do you catch a monkey? How to catch a monkey. So the people who uh, collect the animals for the zoos, uh, an an elephant's easy. It's right there. And you get enough people and you can figure it out. A giraffe, it's right there and you figure it out. Uh, A monkey, oh my gosh, they're fast. They're nimble. They jump around. They go everywhere. How do you catch them? And uh, one one person figured this out. Uh, You get a melon. And yeah, like a thick melon kind of thing. The monkeys love the seeds that are in the melon. And if you cut a hole in the melon, just enough for the hand to get through, you just leave it out here. Turns out 20 minutes later, half hour later, you come back, you hear a screaming monkey. Because a monkey has got their hands in there trying to, get the, trying to get the seeds, trying to get the pulp. But when they you know, wrap their hands around the pulp, guess what happens? They can't get their hand out of, out of the melon. And the monkey sees you coming. Do you think the monkey gives up and says, all right, I'm done? No. I am going to get these seeds. It's, it's, It's the thing that they can't let go of. That's how you catch a monkey. That's how we get caught by the evil one. What's the thing on your heart that you can't let go of? Jealousy and envy rot the bones. Righteousness leads to life. I have enough. You have enough. Now go out and get some good stuff, but but just know that that stuff doesn't make you happy. You've got to find that on the inside. Love God enough to be contented. Love people enough not to envy. Love yourself enough not to be jealous. Coveting, it's when you, when you look at others and you focus on yourself. But if we look at Jesus, he asks us to look at others with a good heart. A good heart? I gotta get me one of those. And the family of God said, amen. God is good. And all the time. Next week, I hope you join us. We have uh, uh, World Communion Sunday, the first Sunday of October. Churches throughout the world will be serving communion uh, together in, in, in harmony with each other. I, I think we're going to have breads from across the world present. So I hope that you, that you stick by with us. Check the announcements uh, in your bulletin to see if anything pertains 
May the God that brought us together go with us now and forevermore that as we celebrate this first day of autumn, may God's peace, blessing, and warmth go with you all. Amen. Amen.